No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Well, Ezra, all good things must come to an end eventually. And like, uh, or if you know, or you could say it, you know, what comes up must come down. And eventually you knew the streak was going to come to an end. And when I say this streak, I mean multiple streaks, of course, because the Jets coming into today's game against the Philadelphia Flyers had an eight-game winning streak, a 14-game point streak, an unbeaten streak against the Eastern Conference, a 31-game streak of three goals or less, an 11-game streak of two goals or less. And most of those, but not all of them, came to a conclusion this evening with the Philadelphia Flyers handing the Jets their first regulation loss since a uh, 2-1 defeat at the hands of the San Jose Sharks. The, the powerhouse San Jose Sharks. The powerhouse San Jose Sharks. So the Jets have not done a lot of losing. It's not something we're used to discussing here on the Illegal Curve postgame show of late. But it, discussing it, we will because win or lose or draw. But we don't really see draws here as. But win or lose, we discuss anything that happens in a Winnipeg Jets game. So... Welcome to the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. I am today's host, Dave Manouk. He is my main man, Ezra Ginsberg. And we are here to discuss, of course, the Jets and the Flyers. The Jets, despite the attempts to come back numerous times throughout the course of that hockey game, as he fall to the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers, who, of course, played last night and won in a comeback fashion against the Minnesota Wild in overtime. And yet it's the Flyers who were dealing with some uh, issues themselves in terms of their lineup. And we'll get into that in a little bit. They're the ones who come up victorious and win the hockey game. Right. And it was obviously Sean Couturier and Jamie Drysdale who uh, were out of the lineup. They played right. last night in Minnesota. We talked about that on this morning show with Anthony Sanfilippo. Uh, the Flyers defeating the Wild 4-3 in overtime. And obviously the Wild uh, didn't rebound because I think it was, is it a final day? 5 nothing. Arizona was beating the Wild. I'm not sure if it's yeah. a final or if that game's still going on. But the reality is the the Wild ain't making the playoffs this year, that's for sure. Um, so, I mean, look at the Flyers. I mean, they're they're battling for a wild card spot right now mm -hmm. in the Eastern Conference, right? I'm not sure if they're, they're uh, currently in a wild card spot or not. I'd have to look at the updated standings. But mm -hmm. um, And the Jets are going to play an Islanders team, Dave, that we were talking about this during the third period as we were watching um, the game. And the Islanders have the most overtime shootout losses in the entire league with 10. And they're yeah. currently third in the Metro, right? So this string of, you know, the Jets playing bad teams is over, right? I mean, they're going to play Ottawa. So, I mean, that's yeah. going to help a little bit because the Senators aren't very good. Uh, but the Senators still have, you know, uh, Brady Kachuk and uh, Josh Norris, Vladimir Tarasenko. They've got a bunch of good players. Uh, Jake Sanderson, obviously, who we, re we really like. Um but, I mean, look, the Flyers were a hungrier team tonight. And mm -hmm. I don't think you really saw the, you know, the tiredness in the Flyers game until kind of late in the third period, the second half of the third period there, Dave. Then you could tell that that was a team who had played um, in, in a couple of consecutive nights, right? So I think that, you know, you got to give the Flyers credit. Um, you know, Cam Atkinson obviously, you know, breaks his uh, goalless drought 
with with two goals and yeah the flyers could have had more like they they were the better team through the first 40 minutes and it wasn't until the third period where the jets made their push so i think you got to give the jets uh, a lot of credit here um uh for you know sticking sticking in it but you're right i mean the streak had to come to an end at some point and it did tonight and luckily you've got some time off here uh two two days between the next game against the islanders and then hopefully Mark Shifley is going to be ready to go Tuesday night. Yeah, and, and sorry for folks who were listening earlier. My mic was uh, changed the settings, unfortunately. So I just I switched it back. So we're uh, I'm coming in loud and clear, hopefully a little bit better than I was uh, for the first minute of the show of two. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not winning them all. And it was it was an interesting hockey game. I mean, we knew that there was going to be some question marks with respect to what this Jets lineup was going to look like. And how it was going to look, you know, and warm up was particularly interesting for for Winnipeg based on, you know, whether Nikolai Ehlers, you know, as, as Rick Bonus said earlier in the morning when we were still on air doing the Illegal Grave Hockey Show, they talked about, or he specifically, sorry, talked about the number of game time decisions they had. And we knew that, you know, actually Anson Fielby, of course, dealing with illness, he skated this morning, but we weren't certain about him. And then Nikolai Ehlers, who's obviously dealing with an upper body issue. Um, he said that, you know, he was, he was available. He obviously, like I said, was in, in warm up and ready to go. And again, it was one of those scenarios where you're like, how, how good is Nikolai Ehlers going to be? But the problem with the Jets is right now, especially as he is, they don't really have a lot of options. Kyle Connor, I know there's a lot of excitement that he was in a regular uniform, but you know that the Jets aren't going to try and rush him back and he, they're going to want him to get some practice time in, which he might again, not play talk- until after the all-star break. I mean, that's, that's sure. a possibility. I, I think I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen, Dave, but yeah. I think, I think you would agree the earliest he's probably going to come back is the first game against the Leafs. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I mean, again, I don't think you're, look, you've given yourself, you've built a huge cushion. There's no question about that. You're not, again, you can't rest on your laurels and and just coast, but the fact of the matter is the Jets have done a a good job of putting themselves into a solid position where you're not, again, like personally, especially with Mark Shifley, because I think Rick Bonus said in, I listened to the media availability this afternoon uh, and he said something like, well, Mark was going to skate today, but he, you know, he still felt something. So they didn't, he didn't want to risk it. So if I'm the Jets, and of course the Jets aren't going to skate tomorrow, so they'll be, I think, they'll practice on Monday. But again, it just you don't want to rush Mark Shifley back. You don't want to rush Kyle Connor back. You want to give those guys time to heal because you don't need any of that stuff becoming something greater. And that's, of course, the concern. And if, you know, and I, I don't think the Jets wanted to bring Rasmus Kupari back, quite frankly. I think they wanted Rasmus Kupari to play some games in the minors. Still. And he struggled want- a little bit tonight. And, yeah, I mean... We're going to get into it in the, the Betway game, game sure. re- recap. Obviously, we're only going to have a couple of goals to talk about, yeah. including uh, none for the Jets. But, um, I, I mean, like Adam Lowry, I think, did an admirable job mm-hmm. uh, filling in for Mark Shifley on, on the top line. And we don't think Shifley's going to be out long term, right? Like, nope. I, I think we would be shocked if, if he misses more than a couple games. I think you mentioned it or Drew mentioned it on this morning's show, like, it's always a chance he misses the game against the Islanders and then plays against Ottawa, right? But if mm-hmm. Lowry's filling in for Shifley, I have no problem with that. And I thought, you know, he was pretty good. He was driving the net, uh, you know, had a few scoring chances. Uh, Gabe Velarde had the most high-danger chances tonight. I thought yeah. he was the Jets' best forward. Um, and I thought Cole Perfetti was pretty good for a guy who's apparently dealing with a wrist injury, right? So, yeah, look at, I mean, you know, the Jets, they, they you know, 
they didn't take advantage of their power play opportunities. They obviously didn't get a lot of power play opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Flyers, who have, I think, the 31st or 32nd ranked power play, popped one in tonight, right? Right. So, I mean, the, it's a combination of, you know, the Jets, uh, you know, dealing with without having Mark Shifley in the lineup, their top line center, but also right. facing a team that's playing some pretty good hockey. We talked about it. They came from behind and beat the Wild in overtime last night. Yep. They're they're in the, the wild card race in the Eastern Conference with, you know, teams like the New Jersey Devils and and New York Islanders, right? I think the Islanders mm-hmm. are third in the Metro, but they're not comfortably third in the Metro. So, um, and, and Samuel Arison, like we got to talk about this guy. No, Samuel fl- Arison now has more wins than Carter Hart, who's obviously yeah. the Flyers' um, clear number one goaltender. But Arison's a guy who's uh, 22, 23 years old. And uh, you mentioned it, Dave, comparing it to Connor Hellebuck. He's a fifth-round yeah. draft pick. Yeah. So this guy is, I mean, he's playing some good hockey. I mean, I'm not saying that Erson is, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's Dominic Hasek, and I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to be a Vesna candidate this year. But he's giving the Flyers really good goaltending. His his numbers are are pretty solid. And like I said, he's won 11 games now. That's That's pretty impressive for a guy who's, you know, who not a lot of people knew who he was prior to this season. For sure. And, and, you know, we asked Anthony about him and he, we, I like, I'm not going to pretend like I had any insight into him other than to say to Anthony, you know, I looked up his numbers on, on the website, on the flyers page, but that was essentially it. And I was just curious, okay, give me, you know, we know about Carter Hart. Let's have some insight into him. And and you can see what they like about him. He's got a very good glove hand as the Jets learned tonight, because I mean, they put a number of shots right to his glove and, and he made, he made, he made the stop. So um, yeah, he, he looked good. And, and again, you, you're right. That was a hungry Flyers team. And it, to me, the Jets still look a little disconnected. I thought they looked disconnected against the um, Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday. And I thought, especially in that first and second periods, I thought they looked better in the third. But I thought in the first and second periods, Desi, they just didn't look like a, a connected bunch. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the passing was just not where guys, it, where they thought they were going to be, but not where guys were. And so it was killing plays. And whether that was you know, from the jet zone to the neutral to, to try and create something. Or if it was something like on the power play where they, you know, a guy would make a pass and you're like, okay, there should be someone there. There's no one there. It's going out of the zone and your momentum is getting killed. So, you know, you weren't able to really build through the special teams. And, you know, we, we touched on it, right? Like or you touched on, it, I should say the flyers, not exactly a special teams dyno- dynamo on the, I think on the power play, I think but they do have the quite... top-ranked penalty no, kill. I was going to say, that, and that's the biggest difference, right, kill, between yeah. you know this year and last year. And I mean, improved goaltending helps, obviously, right? Like, right. Uh, Carter Hart's having a better year, and uh, Samuel Erson has been a better uh, option as a as a backup goaltender, right? Right. But, but you know, Travis Sanheim's having a good year, um, and obviously Jamie Drysdale. He's only played a couple games and and didn't play tonight. Um, but, you know, he's going to make the defense better. Igor Zamula is a guy that not a lot of people had heard of a few years ago. And, you know, he's out on the power play. We talked about it. He was out. um, He assisted on the game-winning goal in overtime yesterday, right? Yeah. So even Rasmus Ristolainen, I told you, Dave, I thought he he looked okay. I realize Mm -hmm. Ristolainen is a guy that, you know, Jets fans don't really like talking about because he was rumored to be coming to the Jets at at one point when he was a member of the Buffalo Sabres a few years back, right? Ehlers for Ristolainen, straight up. Yeah. And and so yes, Samuel Arison was was excellent tonight. There's no no doubt that he was excellent. He had to make yeah. uh, you know several really good saves. Like there was that sequence. Uh, remember towards the end of the second period, 
um, where Gabe Velarde and Adam Lowry had two really good chances in tight. He had to make some yep. good saves. I think it was Morrissey who put the puck on net. Um, and so, he yeah. made a good save on Velarde in the first period, right? So, um, yeah. look, uh, you know, the, the Flyers deserve that win. The Flyers are a, a pretty good team. Like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. No, and, and again, remember, they're without Couturier, obviously a, a very good defensive forward, and they're without Jamie Drysdale. So, I mean, they, they you know, they brought Stahl in, and, and Flyers fans were not happy reading some of the comments based on him uh, being in, in the lineup tonight. But, I mean, you have to do what you have to do. And I think... So how many Stahls are left in the NHL now? Two. I believe two, yeah. Yeah. Eric retired. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but anyway, so you've got... You've got a situation where, like, you know, look, like as he said, you've got a hungry Flyers team. They're 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 in the the mix right now. They've got a nice spot in, uh, like you said, as third third spot in the in the Metro. I think Jimmy Snook is right here. Well, I mean, Drew's fault. Probably, yeah, yeah, everything's Drew's fault. We always say, we 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 pretty much chalk everything up to Drew's fault. Of course, this is the Illegal Curve post game show. It's our second show of the day because if you started your Saturday morning with us and then you listen to us on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezra Ginsburg. We do this each and every time the Jets play a hockey game. And usually, lately, Ezzy, we've done it more often after a win than a loss. But we do it after wins and losses. So uh, 82 times a year, we will do this. And the Jets aren't going to win 82 games in a year. They're going to win a lot, though, this year. They're not just going to win 82. And oh, tonight, the Jets uh, come up a little bit short against the Philadelphia Flyers. But uh, we should probably get into it, as get into the Betway game recap and... Uh, and then start. I mean, we don't have a lot of goals to go over. That's the only Dave, thing. Sorry, I just wanted to mention because we were talking about this earlier before we get in the, into the Betway game sure. recap. The Flyers are actually third in the Metro now because they've yeah. leapfrogged. So sorry about that. That's how quickly things can change. Um, the Flyers have 52 points. Yeah, the Islanders have 48. They have 48, but the Islanders yeah. actually, before last night's game, were in third um, because they had more regulation wins because Philadelphia now has 15 regulation pardon me yeah regulation wins they Philly has 15 Islanders have 14 so before last night's game uh Philly had 13 Islanders that's why I thought that the Islanders were in third but that just shows you both the Flyers and the Islanders yeah are going to come in as desperate teams and that's again that's a cliche Dave that's thrown around not just in hockey but in sports but the Flyers were a pretty desperate team like there was a physical edge to this game Yep. We talked uh, talked about Garnett Hathaway laid a, a big body check on Josh Josh Morrissey in the third period. Uh, Nate tough. Schmidt, Nate Garnett, Schmidt Hathaway, and Garnett Hathaway were going at it in the second period. Also um, remember Garnett Hathaway fighting Dustin Bufflin. Like the the guy's tough. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah, and, he, and he's a decent hockey player. He actually can score goals. Yeah, and contribute. He's not just uh, you know he's not a goon. So uh, yeah, I, I think this Flyers team like. Again, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender by any stretch stretch of the imagination. But like, yeah. if you're, let's say, the New York Rangers, who could easily win the, you know, first in the the Eastern Conference, first in the Metro, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's an easy out. Like, I wouldn't say that you know that's a uh, an easy sweep for the Rangers. Yeah, I think the Flyers will like they'll give them a run for their money for sure. Yeah, they're definitely a tough. There's no question that they're a tough team and, and again they're missing Couturier they're missing Drysdale so that's those are two well I mean Drysdale's a, a more recent piece but he could be a, potentially a very important piece for this for this Flyers club so yeah, that's a good point made by you as and uh, let's uh, let's get into it let's get into a, what we call the Betway Game Recap The Betway Game Recap 
The Betway Game Recap, as he is brought to you by Betway. No surprise. One of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. As don't forget, though, you must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. I turn 19 soon, Dave. I'm really excited. Excellent. Excellent. We'll have uh, quite the 19th birthday for you. It'll be a lot of fun. I want to be 19 again. Come to my party. It's going to be awesome. But anywho, the Jets waiting to, you know, get getting started. That first period, the crowd was into it. Good crowd on hand. 14,005 something was in the we're in the building tonight. So it was cold outside. It was warm inside, which was kind of nice, a nice change, if you will. And uh, the Jets were hoping to get off to a good start. And they actually did get off to a decent start. They got off, you know, a number of, of, of decent chances. And that Urson really did seem like he was keeping his team, right? Like you, you could see that he was a good quality goaltender. And again, we don't have the benefit of, of watching him on the regular. So I didn't know what to expect other than what, like I said earlier in the show, what Anthony had told us. But you could see he's a pretty dialed in guy. And as you te- said, as he's, his numbers are, are comparable and if not better in some categories, then Carter Hart. Yeah, and he had 24 wins for Lehigh Valley in the American Hockey League. That's not a team that obviously, I, I believe the Moose don't play them. No. Right, Dave? So No. Because in the American Hockey League, you know, for those who don't know, you don't play every team like you do in the NHL. No. You play teams in your own division, uh, obviously, more than you do in the NHL, right? For, and the only crossover, really, for, for the Moose are against the Canadian Eastern. Exactly. Not, not nobody else, really. Right. So, I mean, like you said, Samuel Arison's not a guy in, in these parts that we would uh, hear a lot about. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of Jets fans, I mean, look, at it's like Carol Vermelka, right? Like yeah. how many pr- people a couple of years ago had heard of, of Carol Vermelka, right? And then he yeah. shuts out the, the Jets and, and now... You know, he's a verb, right? So um, Samuel Arison deserves a lot of credit for the shutout. Uh, he had to make a few saves, in uh, good saves in the first period. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, he did his job. Like, I think he got a little bit of puck luck, right? Like in that third period, you remember the chance, um, forget who had the point shot, and then it came over the net and then Lowry just couldn't get a stick on it. I think uh, one of the Flyers defensemen might have got a stick on it. So, you know, yeah. he's getting a little bit of puck luck. But he had to make uh, several high danger saves, uh, more so later in in the game in the third period. But yeah. the Jets, uh, what did they have here? I had it on natural statric. I think they had a couple of high danger chances in in the first period. The Gabe Velarde chance stands out to me. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that first period was not uh, a great first period, and it was kind of like the first uh, you know couple periods of that Blackhawks. Uh, game Dave crept into tonight's game Mm -hmm. Um, you know the Jets just didn't have a lot of traffic there weren't a lot of second chances a lot no rebounds uh, and you know you you didn't have uh, a lot of sustained pressure right like we talked about it like Lowry uh, Velarde Ehlers like they look fine Uh, Ehlers Nemesnikov uh, and and Ayafalo like they look fine on the second line yep Um, but the third and fourth lines I think there were a few shifts where the the mad line um, you know, they had some energy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't their best just, game though. I didn't not, think. Yeah, no, it just like not a lot of, just not a lot of great scoring chances. Like they were few and far between. And I think you saw a, you know, a lot more pressure in, in, you know, the later, later stages of the third period. Yeah, no, and I don't think there's any question about it as you're right. The fourth line 
was this one of the first games that I could recall that they were really being hemmed in on the defensive zone and they weren't really creating a ton of chances. And and one of the things that, again, I thought the Jets were doing a little too much of was passing. Uh, Gabe Rilardi, you talk about that chance in the first period. I thought he had a perfect chance and he waited just probably a little too long to put it on the net. And again, Gabe Lardy's a goal scorer. I'm not, he doesn't have to take goal scoring advice for me. Sorry, Mike, just, you're right. Uh, <laughs> of course it's Perfetti, Nemesnikov and Ayafalo. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. And they, look, they I said they Ehlers had, twice. I, I had Ehlers on the top line and the second line. So my bad, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, I'm not, Nikolai, I'm not rolling tonight. Like I should be. <laughs> that's okay. You like the jets are a little disconnected from reality right now as, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, and look, the jets had, a power play was it one minute into that into that game? Tyson Forrester takes the hooking penalty against Alex Iafallo. So you know the Jets' power play could have gotten something started, uh, you know, in that first, and they are unable to do so. And and again, that's it. It's it's just a testament to, to the power play. But you know, again, missing Mark Shifley, and you're missing probably your most dangerous weapon on the power play. And and Josh Morrissey tries to do a lot on his own, and we know that you know Adam Lowry is as is as you said, as he has accepted more responsibility, but it's at the same time, you know, it's just, you don't have the dynamic player in Mark Scheifele. You don't have a dynamic player in Cal Connor, and that's going to impact and the, the way Jets that power play was struggling with those guys right. in the lineup. Yeah. Inclu- and, and including Kyle Connor, who's obviously your best shooting option, right? Right. So the, the power play is something that, and we've been saying this for how long now, weeks and weeks, and you go back in previous years, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, the Jets, I, I mean, the power play has been an issue for a long time. Maybe, you know, with the exception of the kind of 2017 to 19 years on um, the Jets power play, like they haven't had the big, you know, shot from Bufflin. They haven't had, you know, that year that uh, Patrick Line scored 44 goals. That was the 17-18 season, was it not? It was. And I mean, it was like Wheeler, the cross seam pass to Lion A. How many times did we see that? Right. A lot. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like the power play has to be better. Like think about it. The late power play in the, in the second period, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. It was uh, who, who hooked Josh Morrissey, Tyson Forster yeah. um, hooked Josh Morrissey. And then you had Nate Schmidt and Garnett Hathaway going at it, which I mm-hmm. love to see. But um I mean, that power play just didn't yield enough good scoring chances. And then the Jets, after Travis Sanheim puts it into the net, the netting uh, late in the game, there wasn't a lot of, uh, like, I, I mean, the Jets had some pressure, but it it didn't look like a crisp power play. Mm-hmm. So I'm more concerned about the power play than the penalty kill. I think the Jets have a lot of good penalty killers, like both on defense and on forward, and obviously Hellebuck is is the most important penalty killer. Yeah, and I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, Dave. But to me, I mean, the power play's got to be better, and obviously Shifley's got to be healthy. Connor's got to be healthy, so you see, you know, that first power play unit look like what you want it to be like. Um, but the Jets have way too much talent up front, in my opinion, for for them to have the you know 23rd or 24th ranked power play, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, look, this is, I mean. The reality is the Jets have lost one game in their last nine, right? So we're not saying that the sky is falling here. We're just doing an analysis of of this hockey game, right? And Andrea's and we- right. Sorry, Dave. Like, it, it seems simple, but when the Jets do have the most success, 
It's when, you know, Nieder, you know, Niederreiter is in front of the net, when Gabe Velarde is in front of the net, when there's, mm-hmm. when there's traffic, right? Like, look at the Flyers. Like, their power play goal wasn't pretty. Yeah. And, right? So, and, and I'm seeing a lot of comments in the, in the chat about the Jets being tired. I'm not arguing that. That's what the ninth game in, what was it, like 15 days or something like that? Like, well, they whatever just it is. Eight and 11, right? So, yeah. Like, the, the Jets have played a lot of hockey. So, we're not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. And I'm not suggesting that the Jets aren't tired and they need a break. The only thing is, again, you're, you, you really just have a little bit of a, um, you know, just a few more games to go before. You're going to have a three-day break between this game and the Ottawa game. And then, really, it stretches out. You know, you've got basically uh, – you've got the player break. Then you've got the all-star break. So, the Jets are going to have like a nine-day rest there. So, again, I understand what folks are saying in terms of the Jets are tired. And you can see it, right? Like I said, the passing is just not to the level that we're used to seeing, even removing the fact that Kyle Connor's not there or Mark Scheifele's not there. Right now, this Jets team just isn't connected. I think that's the easiest word I can I can use as because it's the word that comes to mind when you're watching it. You know, we're watching it. I'm watching every aspect of that hockey game uh, tonight and for the first two periods in the building and, of course, for the third period here at the house. And again, like I said, just watching that team. And we every as does everybody else in this chat, right? Everybody else in the chat is is there to watch, you know, watches every every minute. So to me, that that just seemed like a team that was a little disconnected. And for the most part, for that first period, it looked like even though the Flyers had the edge in shots and the, the edge in high danger chances, that it looked like it could be a 0-0 game until the 14-47 mark when Cam Atkinson, who the Connecticut uh, resident, or not resident, but born in Connecticut, he must love coming to Winnipeg because he breaks his goal a streak of, what was it, as 20... 20- Four games. He, Atkinson hadn't scored. I remember uh, it was mentioned by Harner Ryan Singh. He hadn't scored since November 11th. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 20 plus games, whatever it was. Yeah, it was something like that. And and you've got to give him credit because you know, I mean, you could you could see it. <laughs> and, we, and I we didn't realize it initially, of course, when he scored because he did quite an exaggerated, you know, um, monkey off of his back, but. You know, this is just a play where the Flyers get into the zone. The Jets have some good pressure. And, the, you know, the problem for the Jets is Dylan DeMello has that puck and he tries to put it into the corner. The Flyers take advantage because they're on the Jets and they're not giving the Jets any time and space. And then they just look, they throw what really, as he looks like a fairly harmless shot at the front of the net. And you just got to give Atkinson credit. He just gets, you know, finds himself some space after, you know, setting that up and then, you know, he's got, he's, he's in that soft ice, which we've been talking about for the, for the jets for so long with all these guys. And then just get to stick on it. And I think Connor Hellebuck thought he had it. And then he realized it was behind him and in the back of the net. Yeah. And, and look at Elkhorn, Manitoba's Travis Sanheim. He has a, a nice rush. He starts it off by bringing the puck into the zone and he, he can kind of play that Rover role a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think some people that don't maybe watch the flyers play a lot, think that you know, Travis Sanheim is this kind of like exclusively defensive defenseman. Uh, but Sanheim's got good wheels. He's got yeah. like he has a good offensive side to his game and he brings the puck in and then it goes around and he he brings it in and he uh, circles the net and the puck comes in front and Cam Atkinson before he scores his goal. He actually has a scoring chance before that. Mm-hmm. And then the Hellebuck makes a save. And and then, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's just it's one of those situations where. You know, the Flyers, you know, they had some pressure. I think they were they were out shooting the, the Jets something like 14 to 7 or, or 13 to 7, something like that. 
Yeah. And, you know, Cam Atkinson just kind of got behind the Jets defense. And it was just kind of an, a nifty, a nifty redirection, right? Josh Morrissey was just kind of half a second too slow and he didn't get a stick on it. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, Atkinson literally does the monkey off of his back goal celebration. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, mm -hmm. I like that. So, I, I mean, look at, I mean, the Flyers at that point were, were outplaying the Jets. They were outworking the Jets. They had more um, scoring chances. They had more shots. And I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I think Hellebuck, you know, that's one of those goals, like it's kind of tough to to stop those redirections, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, good for Atkinson and and Joel Farabee, we talked about it. Farabee's the one who put the puck on net. Uh, yeah. Farabee had two goals yesterday, including the OT winner. He's a former first round pick, right? He's having a breakout year. So, I mean, the Jets lost to a pretty good team. The, the Flyers, I just checked the standings, Dave. Mm -hmm. The Flyers are only two points behind the Rangers right now. The Flyers sure. have 52 points. So, again, I'm not a Flyers fan. If anybody watches the uh, the Saturday show, you'd know that I'm a Devils fan. That's the little secret of a legal curve. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. I don't think Devils it's a secret. As a, a secret generally is something that not a lot of people no, know I about. I was joking. I was joking. Everybody pretty much knows. you got Devils Stanley Cup rings, for God's sakes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're replicas, but I've still got them. That was a nice little present <laughs> from you. You got me a little Scott Stevens uh, ring when they uh, won the Cup in 2000. But... So I'm not a Flyers fan. I'm just saying I'm giving the Flyers credit here. Yep. Um, they're, they're, they're a decent hockey team. And like you said, this is without Jamie Drysdale and Sean Couturier. And yes, the Jets were without Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. Just saying, I mean, this Flyers team, they could, they could easily make the playoffs this year. They're currently in a playoff spot. So you got to sometimes just, you know, uh, you know, say hats off to a team that, uh, you know, played well. And Cam Atkinson, obviously, you know, he had the touch tonight. Yeah, he definitely did. And, after one period of play, the Jets are down one nothing. But one nothing is a the one thing I'll say about this Jets club is that you can tell. Obviously, they'd rather be playing with a lead, but they're not uncomfortable playing down. And in the second period, we did see some uncharacteristic passes from this team. And I think again, that leads itself to to me at least to my conclusion. If I'm talking about my own observations, Ezzy, that this team was a tired team and that they just didn't have uh, the legs because a lot of the passing was just, you know, I think of one play where um, Neil Pionk tries to get it up to Mason Appleton, who's at center ice, and Appleton's half-turned around, and he just misses it. And again, I, I, it wasn't going to set up a dangerous chance or anything like that. It ends up leading to an icing, though, and I just think it speaks to the fact that these guys are just, you know, a, a step slow. And and so, look, they've played a lot of hockey. Um throughout the course of this this stretch and uh you you have two opposing things you have one that's a tired team that's you know again that's that's the Winnipeg Jets and then you got the Flyers who have played three games in four nights and three games in four nights as he in two different in in four different cities so again it, it's or th four to three different cities sorry but but the fact of the matter is the Flyers are a team that is you know, doing the travel and they, they have the more difficult. And remember they had to cross the border yesterday. So, um, and then come to a lovely temperature uh, controlled uh, environment like Winnipeg right now. And we've got a comment up from, from Dave Silva here. And I put it up because I, I think it's something that kind of needs to be addressed, Dave. I know we're going to get into the Cam Atkinson second goal here. For sure. But as he, we got lots of time. Yeah, we Go have ahead. a lot of time because we don't have a lot of goals to talk about. You're That's right. True. But um, Rasmus Kupari to me is not it right now. I just think that, you know, 
he he's he only played the one game with the Moose, I believe, right? One game, yeah. So I mean, he missed some some time, and I'm not saying that Rasmus Kupari necessarily needs to come out of the lineup. And obviously, Kupari could come out of the lineup if Shifley's ready to go on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is two consecutive games where the Jets haven't played well, and the Islanders are going to come into town. And we talked about it. The Islanders are just out of a playoff spot. They're four points back of the Flyers in the Metro Division, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that the Islanders, you know, they have talented players. Yeah, they're they're a pretty stingy team. They're a well coached team by Lane Lambert and previous to that Barry Trotz, right? So. Um, the Jets kind of have to figure out the this line mix here. And I'm not sure, you know, what you do um, because I wouldn't be surprised if if Rick Bonus sticks with Adam Lowry on that top line with Gabe Velarde and Nick Ehlers. Um, but, you know, Mason Appleton is struggling offensively right now. Yeah, You're not getting, you know, that production from the fourth line that you were getting. I'm not saying that the fourth line's playing bad. I'm right. just, right, like, Something needs to give here, and you know it'll be interesting to see Dave if you know Rick Bonus changes up, you know that that third line, and and maybe you see uh, a Morgan Barron elevated to the third line. Well, and that's where I was going to go with it. To me, the guy who who still looked good and he still tried to create a little bit uh, for this team, especially in that second period, as he was Morgan Barron. I thought, you know, despite um, the the fact that I didn't think the fourth line again, and you can see actually Anton Fielbe is just a step slower. He's just not to that same degree. He's just not that crispness. And again, you wonder how much of that illness is, is factoring in, but um, the fourth line, again, like I said, Dominic Conato had a great chance and he just, you know, on the two on one, he had a chance and, and, and just nothing materialized. They just failed to, to really take advantage of opportunities that were in front of them. I thought that was probably a way I would, I would look at this hockey game for this Jets club. So I mean, you're down one nothing, and it's it's really not out of reach by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, you've got some penalty troubles in that second period. Neil Pionk he gets a slashing penalty against Morgan Frost, and uh, shortly thereafter, Cam Atkinson he loves playing in Winnipeg. It's uh, it's his favorite market, as he because uh, he cleans up in front of the net. Uh, you know, and that's and that's what Jets fans are were really saying for the for the Jets to do on the power play, right? Is just to get that shot through. Flyers took some time, and uh, but they had two guys in front of they had two guys behind Ayafalo and Sandberg. So you've got Atkinson, and I think maybe Frost was beside him, but I'm not entirely certain. But the fact of the matter is, you had two Flyers in behind the the Jets and creating position, creating confusion in front of Connor Hellebuck. And no, Frost took the shot, so it wasn't Frost, but it was Atkinson um, and uh, was it Konechny uh, were in front. And yep. sure enough, I mean, you've got Sandberg and Ayafala who are essentially leaving them to their own devices. And they put it into the back of the net, or Cam Atkinson, I should say, put it to, into the back of the net. Yep. And the Flyers have a 2 nothing lead. Yeah, and, you know, this was, this was a pretty, like, you, you just kind of broke it down. There's not much I can add, right? Like, Morgan Frost takes the shot, Hellebuck makes the first save, yeah. and the rebound goes to, to Cam Atkinson. So, I mean, and and like you said, Travis Konechny's in front of the net. He gets behind Dylan Sandberg, and yeah. it was Alex Ayafalo who was uh, the other penalty-killing mm-hmm. forward, right? So, yeah. I mean, I guess we're giving that goal the Seagram shot of the game. Dave, let me know, because I've got my I've got my Seagram's fireball here because it's it's in part, you know, I'll, I'll give Cam Atkinson you know, a little bit of this shot, but it's more so 
to pour out a little liquor for the Jets point streak and winning streak coming to an end. There you go. Well, hold on, Ezzy. Let's 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 cue that up. The Seager shot of the game. So I've got my trusty big bottle of fireball. By the way, Dave, this is getting a little empty. But we've got Just another blasted. one. We've got another one in oh, there. Oh, we've got right? another one. Okay, nice. I thought we were going to have to hit I up wasn't our gonna, friends at Seagram's. No, well, I mean, we could do that too, but I wasn't going to tell you. I wanted you to go through that bottle before the other one. Our friends, could this, of course, that the Seagram shot of the game brought to you by our friends at Seagram. Fireball. The only Ignite. problem is, Dave, Ignite. I can't get this off right now. Oh, there we go. I got it. <laughs> well, everybody's enjoying that, as but Ignite the Night, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's, as, as he tries to, right. uh, you know. Time. Like give uh, Cam Atkinson and look, we'd give the Seagram shot of the game to uh, one of the Jets players, but they didn't score a goal. So it goes to a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. That delicious Cinnabon Fireball Whiskey. Mm. (laughs) If you haven't tried Fireball, by the way, it is delicious. There you go. Well, we uh, appreciate you refreshing. There you go. Anyways, two nothing for the Flyers. Uh, Cam Atkinson again after going this many games without scoring. And and look, we'll talk about Mason Appleton because, of course, ST Kona, sorry, let me get that in. ST Kona Pauly reminds us, drink, please drink responsibly, of course. But, I mean, I thought that goes without saying because that's what we do here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show and the Illegal Curve Postgame Show. Regardless, Flyers are up 2-0, the Jets are down, and then the question becomes, can the Jets manufacture something? Can the Jets do what they did against the Anaheim Ducks when they were down 2 nothing, Can the Jets do what they did against the LA Kings when they were down 2 nothing? The Jets, again, comfortable in these types of games. They're not, ch- generally speaking, chasing. But I thought today, again, going back to what I saw in that second period, Ezzy, I just saw a Jets team that didn't play to the style that we're used to seeing them play. Sure. And I think, again, I think that's just a function of the lines being slightly off and guys being slightly off. But the reality is... battling through injuries, like, I, again... You know, we had a comment up earlier, you know, the, you know, talking about excuses like, you know, missing Mark Shifley. But, you know, Ehlers clearly wasn't 100 percent. No. Apparently, according to Rick Bonus, Cole Perfetti's not 100 percent, even though I That's thought true. he was one of the Jets best forwards. True. And Axel Janssen Fialbi clearly, you know, is dealing with a flu or whatever he's dealing with a virus. Right. Yeah. And I agree with you. I, I think he only played like seven minutes or something. Right, Dave? I know Morgan Barron, we were just talking about him. He played 10 minutes, but he gets out there on the penalty kill, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the fourth line, and and when you're chasing the game and you're down a couple goals, I mean, not just for the Jets, but any team, you're going to be playing a little bit less, the fourth line, right? 7-15 for Axel, you're right. Yeah, so you're right. The Jets just, they they didn't play very well uh, through the first couple periods. And then, yes, Mm -hmm. they had their push. And then, you know, the Flyers looked like, the team that played the previous night, which obviously they did, right? Winning in overtime against the Wild. So, um, you know, I, I do think it's it's a little bit of a concern that the offense has dried up. I, I really do. I, I don't think it's a concern long-term. Yeah. But look, at you, you had the Chicago Blackhawks coming into town. They're one of the worst teams in the league, and you almost got shut out, right? It wasn't until, you know, Gabe Velarde scored with three and a half minutes left. Yeah. And then obviously Ehlers finished it off shortly after right so i mean the jets have only scored two goals in the last two games so that's got to be a bit of a concern and so obviously you know mark shifley's health is going to be something that we're going to be you know tracking over the next couple days and if they can get him back versus the islanders but um you know after that um you know you play ottawa okay but then you've got games against toronto back to back and and you've got the bruins there 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously the Jets are comfortably in a playoff spot, um, but I think they've got to kind of reset, you know, get have a day off and and then get a practice in. And then, you know, hopefully they come out with a better effort against the Islanders. All right. Well, we thank Dark Moon. Dark Moon saying give this legal curve team a huge thumbs up like and alike. They always do an amazing job making us fans happy being here. Well, thank you, Dark Moon. Thank you to all of you who are choosing to spend your Saturday night here with Ezzy and myself. Of course, we do this. This is the Illegal Curve postgame show you're listening to, and we do this after each and every single Jets game. Make sure you've smashed that like button, as Dark Moon says, and also please make sure you've subscribed to this channel. That also helps us. So Jets are down 2-0 after 40, Ezzy, and so you're wondering what are they going to do? What streak is going to continue? What streak is going to come to a conclusion if they can't get something manufactured? And I just wanted to throw out one thing. Sorry, Dave. That's okay. Um... The fireball is strong in me right now. Go ahead. Um, we talked about it earlier. That chance that uh, uh, Lowry and Velarde had, I think Velarde mm-hmm. got the initial shot, and then uh, Lowry, Lowry had the second yeah. shot, and Samuel Erson made the uh, the two pad saves there. That was late in the second period. And then, obviously, we talked about the the power play that the Jets got late in, in the second period. And then the game started getting chippier, right? We talked about Schmitty and uh, Garrett. Hathaway were going at it, um, and there was a big hit. Uh, trying to remember hit who hit. Um, well, there was that one. There was what, that one play in the neutral zone where Niederreiter went down, and it looked like Kupari came flying through yes. the other way. Yes, and and uh, lost that was himself. in the third. But in the in in late in the second, it was Toninato who had a big hit on Zamula. Yes, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, so I right. mean the, the the physicality picked up late in that second period. But I just wanted to mention um, that Lowry. Um, and Velarde had those two good chances. And again, Arison was there, and they just, you know, they weren't... The bounces were not going their way. I, I mean, I, I realize people don't want to talk a lot about luck in hockey, Yeah, um, but sometimes you get the bounces, sometimes you don't. And Elias McCracken is asking, what's going on with Ehlers? Not 100%. Elias, just to confirm, uh, Rick Bonus said yesterday that Ehlers is dealing with an upper body in issue right now and that he was beginning to be a game time decision so uh, obviously he played but yesterday he did leave the uh practice a little bit early he came on the I agree with with Ertax Ur- Wiz okay am I saying that right Ertax Wiz I have no idea what that means that was a little tap uh on on Pionk sure. I'm sorry that that was not I mean he's called it was on Morgan Frost I agree with Ertax Wiz there that I thought that which was which led to the a, that led yeah. to the second goal of yeah. the game for the Flyers. I just wanted to highlight that. I thought that I forgot about that. I wasn't I wasn't taking my notes on my phone uh, like <laughs> I was uh, in uh, after the the or during the the Jets Hawks game. But yes, I agree that was a bit of a weak one. Well, and the, and the, and Gabe Velarde was quite uh, PO'd about the I believe the play that led just before to Josh. Well, Josh Morrissey took the tripping penalty on um, Owen Tippett. But Gabe Velarde thought that there should have been a whistle because the uh, puck was gloved ahead by the Flyers. So I think Gabriel Velarde was expecting there to be a whistle. There wasn't uh, at the Jets' blue line. And then uh, Josh Morrissey took a penalty. Now, nothing happened. But I guess you could argue that it killed the uh, the momentum or, or any ability to create a little momentum as they went to the PK. But look, at the end of the day, it's 4 not, it's 4 nothing, 2 nothing after 40 minutes. Jets going into that third period as... You could see them start to start to get their legs and start to get a little of that momentum, and they started to try and create. And you know, while the Flyers started to 
I'm not going to say wilt because I don't think they were completely out, but Urson was, was excellent. And he made, he made the saves that he needed to make. Uh, and the Jets had some chances. I mean, Neil Pionk fires that one timer that goes wide of the net. There were a number of, of opportunities, Adam Lowry putting one off the post, but ultimately, Josh Morris, he stepped into one and Erson had to make a, a good glove save. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They, they Look, they had chances. There just wasn't a lot of traffic. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, secondary chances. There wasn't a lot of, we didn't see the waves of, of offense like we've seen all year long. That's really what we're trying to say. And we didn't see that last night either. So you have to be a little bit concerned about that here because yes, the, the winning streak was going to come to an end. Eventually the point streak was going to come to an end eventually. Yeah. But I think it's the way that they've lost these last couple of games. Well, they've, they've only looked, lost one. They've looked, uh, sorry, the way they've played <laughs> the last two games. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they beat they beat Chicago. There's been a but lot I of hockey games saying. lately, Dave. You got to forgive well, me. And, and look, they they were losing that game for 57 minutes, as so you're fair. Right. It's a fair one on that. Well, one. we had a comment up earlier that you know somebody said that it felt like a loss. Um, oh, the Chicago game. Yeah, because of the way they played. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, the Jets obviously preach the process a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And the coaching staff will not be happy with the process. Uh, or process, if you will. Either you one. Say process Either... or process. I would use it. I, I would interchangeably use them both. I feel like this is like a Canadian versus British thing. Let's get it going in the chat. Process or process? Let's do a little bit of a poll here. <laughs> Should we do a poll? I can do an official poll. As process has not been good. The problem is they're uh, both spelled the same way. So how would yeah. P- I know which one people are voting for? Exactly. Good point. <laughs> Anyways, that is uh, Can't be a scientific so... poll. I mean, okay, I guess, like, look, the Jets obviously don't score any more goals. The Flyers hold on. That's only the second time the Jets have been shut out uh, this season, the other time against the Dallas Stars, where they also lost 2 nothing. So um, the Jets don't get shut out very often. It's not something that, that happens against this hockey club. And you're right. I mean, the goal scoring, not surprisingly, if, if Ehlers, let's be realistic, if Ehlers is dealing with something and Cole Perfetti is dealing with something and you don't have Mark Scheifele and, you know, well, you haven't had Kyle Connor for a while, I mean, this, the lack of scoring is going to be evident, but this has been a team that we've talked about for some time that it's not just been your top guys who have been providing the offense. It's it's all across this lineup, and that's one of the benefits of this Jets club. So, I mean, it doesn't happen, unfortunately, for the Jets. They aren't able to manufacture anything. I mean, I guess, as I could ask you just to kind of conclude uh, this part of the, of the show with the game recap, anything from the six-on-four, Three six on five, which ended up being a six on four when Travis Sanheim took the delay, the unusual delay of game with the glove, yeah, knocking the puck out of, over the the glass. What stood out to me about that power play? Yeah, I mean, it just didn't look as organized as you would like to see. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what it stood out to me. It kind of seemed just not crisp, mm-hmm. and and that has been the story of the power play for much of the season, Dave, like, you know, there have been some stretches where the Jets power play has looked good and not having Kyle Connor is, is obviously a huge factor. Not having Mark Shifley tonight was a huge factor, but like we talked about, I mean, the Jets have had a bottom 10 power play for the majority of the season. So even with Shifley and Connor, I mean, look at, I think you have to change what the looks that you're giving other teams I think you know you 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 know we 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 talked to Murad about this once. You had, you hear a lot about triangulation, right? Basically, trying to put other teams in basically where you have three players, and then the, the other team only has two players, mm-hmm. right? You see that 
teams try to do that a lot. Um, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing some movement, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that you're seeing enough. Uh, it's not quick enough. And I just don't think that you're, um, it's, it's not, you're not giving it's not it's not enough pressure i just feel like i feel like teams are defending the jets power play too easily and is that maybe because the jets have you know not enough shooting options perhaps but that's when you you know get it you know get greasy put mm-hmm. the puck on net you know get some traffic you have big bodies right like right put adam lowry out there i mean i know he has been out there recently but For that's sure. because of the injury to shifley right yeah i mean adam lowry's not a guy that you know, you're going to say is your number one power play option, right? So I think that the Jets maybe have to simplify whatever they're doing. Dave is not working. So, I mean, right. I'm not the coach of the Jets. Uh, I'm not a hockey coach at all. Um, yeah. So, you know, they have to figure this out. And, you know, a, a power play goal could have really changed the outlook of this game. We talked about it, right? The Tyson Forrester penalty late in the second period. And, you know, and and then the, the power play, like you just mentioned, the Sanheim penalty uh, for delay of game late in the third period. And the Jets had an extra two men, and I I can't really remember that many great scoring chances that they had on that power play. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And look, it's we'll see. I also just drank fireball, so I could have also just forgot that they might have had a good scoring chance. But for sure, I mean, look, ultimately at the end of the day, as folks in the chat have let us know, you you can't win them all. Uh, Although the Jets for a while have looked like they can win them all quite easily because they were eight games in a row prior to tonight. And again, points in 14 straight. Both those come to a conclusion. But of course, the Jets, three goals or less and two goals or less, those streaks are maintained, of course. Oh, and I should mention the streak against the Eastern Conference now officially over. And as Mike McIntyre, a friend from the Winnipeg Free Press, made note of, the next, I think he said, eight or nine games are all against the East, Desi. So the Jets are going to be facing the Eastern Conference a fair bit. They're going to be putting that... uh, you know, the one regulation loss and many wins uh, against those Eastern Conference teams coming up. But today for this game, the Jets lose 2-0 to the Philadelphia Flyers. And of course, we should say thank you to our friends at Betway. They're the, uh, they have brought the Betway game recap, of course, brought to you by Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway, Ezzy, and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. And of course, as we always indicate, please play responsibly. Okay, folks, well, we are going to head to commercial break and thank the rest of our sponsors. But we want you to stay with us because, hey, maybe we'll talk about the moose. we got a tough duck, uh, Tuke. And let me tell you, until next weekend in Manitoba, you are still going to need to win a tough duck, Tuke, from our friends at Tough Duck because it is freaking cold right now and it is going to continue to be cold until next week when it becomes plus one or plus two so, or something like that. The wind was vicious today, Dave. It was, it was, it was very vicious. It was very vicious. It was Eddie. vicious and vicious. It was both. And and more importantly, it was uh it was a concern because I was waiting for you to pick me up. So uh, uh right. you know, I was I was standing outside and you kept making all the stops. But anyways, let's head to well, the There's too break. many lights on Portage Avenue. That's the there's problem. a lot of lights. There's a lot of lights. Anyways, this is the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. I'm Dave Manuke. He's as the Ginsburg. We're gonna head to commercial break. We'll be back right after these words from our sponsors. 
Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. <laughs> free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking. And to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code illegal curve, all one word, to park for free. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. This January at Boston Pizza, every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day. Only this January at Boston Pizza. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post game show. I'm Dave Manuke. I almost said I'm Ezra Ginsburg, but I'm Dave Manuke. He's Ezra Ginsburg. Drew Mandel away from the show tonight. He'll be back on Tuesday. We're discussing, or we discussed in the first 55 minutes of the show, Ezzy, as you're chewing something, but a little granola bar. Yep. We discussed. Well, I needed to have a little snack. I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner yet. You didn't. Sorry, I haven't had my second dinner yet. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't do what I did, but had a little bowl of cereal before the uh, post game show show got underway 
But look, the Jets uh, fall two nothing to the to the um, Philadelphia Flyers. I almost said the Oilers, but Philadelphia Flyers and uh, their first loss in some time. And so they'll move on. They're off tomorrow, and they will be back on Monday. It was looking at some of the comments. Uh, our friend Ken Weeb of I was going to say of Sportsnet, but it's of the Winnipeg Free Press. He asked Rick Bonus, head coach Rick Bonus, and if you want to see Rick Bonus's post-game media availability, that is, of course, available on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following along with that, and it'll be on illegalcurve.com. He asked, is anything to be taken from Kyle Connor being in a regular jersey this morning? He's getting a lot closer. He'll probably be in a regular jersey on Monday. Well, I would think, I'd hope so if he was in one today. Might he be an option for Tuesday's game versus the Islanders? Kenny asked. At this point, I don't know. He hasn't had a full contact. Well, he wrote con- contract, but I suspect he meant contact. Practice, we'll see where he is on Monday. But yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure. So no surprise, Rick Bone is not revealing too much in that regard. But the Jets... It also have- doesn't really... I mean, Dave, you've been at practice. I have. So you would know better. And you mentioned that Kyle Connor has looked basically like you would expect him. Like looking fast... And, yeah. and playing on a line with Shifley, right? Yep. Well, so not, taking, he's, taking he's, rushes. He's skated with, with Mark Shifley skated a number of times, Shifley, yeah, right? for sure. So yeah. I just think that, you know, he, to me it makes more sense that the first game that he would come back would be the either the Ottawa game or the game against, uh, they play Boston and then the Leafs, right? I just think t- Tuesday would, uh, to me, seems a little bit unrealistic. But again, I mean, Kyle Connor is a professional athlete who's in excellent physical shape. Yeah. This isn't, if it was me we were talking about, I would be out of the lineup for another year. Yes. So, I mean, again. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in the lineup in the first place. Exactly. I would not be in the okay. NHL in the first place or any okay, professional yeah. league for that matter, Dave. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't know. Just a, just a hunch, but Tuesday seems a little bit too early for me. Because you, no, you just shed the no contact jersey, what, a few days ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's well today, today, technically today. I mean, today's the first, I mean, we, they, we saw them. He was wearing it yesterday as he today's Saturday. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. I was there yesterday. He and was also in what's the, the rush to get him back in the jets are 12, one and two in their last 15, right? No, there is no rush. I mean, and again, the last thing you need is to do anything that's going to potentially set him back. So, I mean, let's be realistic. The jets coaching staff, it's not, it, it's not a need, right? Cal Connor is not a need. He's a luxury at this point, to be honest with you, because you don't need him in that lineup right now. Your team has won a significant number of games without him. So right now, you're, the last thing you want to do is take any risk with with Kyle Connor. So I don't think that's going to be a situation that they're going to take lightly. I think they're going to be smart about it. And, you know, David Gustafson's a weird, kind of a weird one as because we kind of were under the impression, not surprisingly, that it didn't seem like it was going to be that significant. But, I mean, he went... His injury tra- took place against the Bruins on that game, December 22nd. So we're three weeks already where he's still been uh, in that yellow non-contact, and he was in that yesterday. And unlike Kyle Connor, he was remained in that today when they hit the ice for today's optional morning skate. And we also so, don't have any real insight into what the inju- injury was. No, right? I think it's no. is it lower body or is it upper body? It's a lower body injury, so uh, I'm not certain what it would be. I guess I could go back and do some investigation to see you know, when his shifts were, if he'd stopped taking, well, you're going to have to go back three weeks then. Right? I've got the games PVR it is. I can always check it out. That's not an issue, but uh, if anyone in the, in the chat knows that would, that would save me some time and energy. So I wouldn't be uh, upset with that, but the jets uh, lose tonight 
two nothing, and uh, like I said, their first loss in some time, uh, unfortunately for them. But as I was going to say, unfortunately, losses for one of the other teams in this city are becoming a little too frequent. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. The Moose, unlike the Jets, their their streak is going one way and only one way, and that is a losing streak. And they came into today's game in Laval, the third game of this three-game road trip, and they had lost six games going, or seven games, sorry, going into it. And uh, that streak did not change for the Moose. It was a it was a tighter game uh, against Laval. They looked okay. I watched the uh, the game today, um, obviously on AHL TV, and it, it was, you know, you're dealing with injury. Billy Hanola made his uh, season debut for the Moose, so that was a a good sign. He was be able to make some of those stretch passes that this team has seemed incapable of making. But ultimately, you know, they've got some youth up the middle, and that's, I think, costing them right now as, and uh, the defense isn't helping, and neither is the goaltending. And before they knew it, and before you knew it, not really, but unlike yesterday, it wasn't as quick, but they were down 3 nothing. Christian Reichel got kind of a lucky goal, uh, a seeing-eye shot where uh, he just shot it through, the, through, through traffic to make it a 3-1 game. Actually, the assist went to Vili Hainola, and then um, Ville Hainola on the, they pulled the goaltender, they pulled Colin Delia. And so they were trying to make it a three, two game. And uh, the pass came around the wall to Ville. He tried to take it, stop it, missed it. And so then, you know, as he's trying to recover the puck or he had it, and then he tried to dish it off, went softly because there was some pressure gets into the neutral zone and then into the moose end and he gets caught stick lifted empty net. So he had his pocket picked. So the Moose end up losing 4-1. It was unfortunate for the Moose, uh, but more importantly and uh, more destructively, Brad Lambert got blown up, obliterated, if you saw it. And, and look, I, I thought it was a clean hit. He's going to learn a lesson. you got to keep your head up. And, uh, you know, he he got just destroyed uh, open ice. And I was told that he, he cut himself in his visor, which is why he left the ice. But he was probably a little woozy, too, after that. Scored after a beauty goal last night, though. Scored a beauty goal. Yeah, you're right uh, with the power play. But uh, he tried to do something similar because this was a power play opportunity for him. And uh, next thing you know, he got he got pretty obliterated. So uh, you're you're hopeful for the, him and, and for the organization that he's okay because he's the leading scorer on the Moose, uh, tied with Nikita Chibrikov in terms of points, but he's got the most goals. Um, but we'll see. They're, they'll be back in town. They start uh, a four-game set here in Winnipeg. And more importantly, as I was informed by the, by the Moose today, uh, divisional rivals. So they're going to be playing Grand Rapids. They're going to have a chance, I think, over the course of the next nine or ten games to really try and make some hay, gain yeah. some ground. Because they have to go on a run. Yeah, they have to yeah. win these all these four games because you know they're they're what are they eight games under five hundred? And I wanted to throw in one thing. And obviously, I don't watch the Moose very often, Dave. Like, yeah, like yeah. you do. But I mean, the goaltending again. I'm not you know singling out the goaltending goaltending as the other reason because I do think you know the Moose are. They, they lack some consistent veteran forwards. And obviously, Dominic Toninato, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, I mean, they were they were uh, with the Moose to start the season, but they're obviously up with the Jets now. You've, mm. You lost Jansen Harkins to waivers, right? Was it waivers or was it a trade? I forget. It was waivers. No waivers, right? waivers, waivers. Yeah, so Jansen Harkins, I mean, he was 
you know, a point per game player for the Moose last year, right? Oh, yeah. When he wasn't with the Jets. But the goaltending, like Colin Delia and Oscar Salmon, and like both of their save percentages are sub 900. Yeah. Right. So to me, like a team, a young team like the Moose. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Dave, if, if you, if you know this, but. I don't know how like how they compare to other teams in the American. They're one of the young, they're one of the youngest they in the American hockey league. They yeah, have to they be are. right, like guys like Danny Julkin and uh, you know we talked about Brad Lambert, Nikita Chibrikov. Like I think it's telling that their top two goal scorers are, are twenty year olds, right? Mm-hmm. Or 19, mm-hmm. 20 year old, right? Yeah. So I, like the goaltending to me is, and you don't have a guy like Thomas Milich. Is is playing pretty who just, well. Who just got? But he just actually left the game in Norfolk and was uh, injured. I don't know. How I didn't know that. But yeah. I think I, I was checking his record. He's nine three and three. Yeah, his numbers have been good. His numbers have been good. But he's a first year pro, right? He was yep. playing for Seattle, of course. For those who don't know, in the yeah. dub last year, right? Right. So I mean, the goaltending. I mean, at the end of the day, like you know, sometimes you have to steal a game when your team is struggling. And I and Colin Delia has played a lot of hockey in the American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Oscar Salmonen's a. Uh, a younger goaltender who's played less in the American Hockey League because yeah. he was playing in the Finnish Pro League. Yeah. Um, all I'm saying is that 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 is kind of something that I've noticed about the Moose through the first 30 games is like, you know, the goaltending's got to be better. Yeah, I think that's a I think it's a fair assessment, but I think it's not just and I look the, this team is it's more than just that. Of course, I think the goaltending is one area I actually thought because they had those two guys would be something that would bail out a fairly young team up the middle and, and look, they need more from their veterans and they need more from their defense, which again, with Villanola is going to help them. There's no question about it, but this uh, team needs to go on a run and that's what it comes down to. And we'll have tickets to give away uh, again, because there's not a game between Tuesday and Saturday's jets games. I'll probably give them away on, uh, on Twitter. So make sure you're following along. I see Dave, I put them out there and the truth is, within five minutes, tickets, once I put them up there, as they're usually gone. So that's something to look forward to this week. And, of course, we've got a Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. So I'm assuming, do you have that queued up, as? I do. Uh, Just before okay, you so, hit the bumper, Dave, another sure. thing I was going to throw out there is, wouldn't it be nice if the Moose had Declan Chisholm right now? Oh, and, again, I, I realize that, you know, Declan Chisholm's up with the Jets and he's not waiver-exempt, right? Yep. You know, just I just feel like there's there's a lot of players that you know could be available for the Moose that aren't right now, mm-hmm. and I think that would help them. You know, you know, get some wins. So that's all I wanted to throw in there. I mean, I don't I don't think Declan Chisholm is going to be going no. down to the Moose for obvious reasons. Yeah, but I mean, that's another guy that last year. I mean, you've been documenting this. Declan Chisholm was he not their best defenseman last year? Yeah, well, you don't him, have him, him this year. Him right? and look, look. The reality is they lost. Vili Hainola, Declan Chisholm, and Leon Gavanke. Right. Those three guys alone would have changed this whole configuration. Yep. But you have to deal with what is your reality, and that's no longer an option for this Moose Club. So the Moose are going to try and get back to Winnipeg and then get loose uh, throughout the course of this week. They'll be practicing at Hockey for All, I would imagine. And we'll have that covered H-fuck. on IllegalCurve.com. Wasn't it tonight, H-Nick? We didn't, we didn't reference uh, it. was an H-Nick, H-Nick game. H-Fack. Yeah, but anyways, they'll be there and we'll have that covered on our YouTube channel and, of course, here on AllelCurve.com. But right now, we've got to go to this. The Tough Duck Hardison Comment.
Lots of good comments here tonight. Kenny's water bottle was uh, letting us know how to pronounce process, process, if you will. But I'm going to give it to a comment. Uh, this was a little bit back, about 15 minutes ago or so. Palmer Lane 89. Can the Jets hire a specialist to work with the team on the power play or the PP? The PP is a big problem. Teams without a lot of talented players have more affected PPs than the Jets. I agree with Palmer Lane 89. I'm much more concerned about the powerless power play than I am about the penalty kill because the Jets had one of the best penalty kills in the NHL last year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we obviously know the Jets are, are, are one of the top defensive teams in the league. So I'm not as concerned about the penalty kill. I think if the Jets had uh, an even, even slightly better power play, um, I mean, they would have even more points than they already have. And they're obviously in first. Overall. <laughs> so second um, overall. Oh, Canucks, second overall. The, now The Canucks beat the Sabres today. So the Jets okay. slide to number two. Okay. We're number two. Palmer Lane 89, <laughs> send me an email. Send it to Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, E-Z-R-A at IllegalCurve.com, or slide into my DMs on Twitter at I-C-S-E-G with your mailing info, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you because, as Dave mentioned, winter peg is back. The mild winter is over. <laughs> it's minus 30 again outside. Until so uh, have your sho shovels around uh, on standby because it's supposed to snow again. But as Dave mentioned, it's supposed to get a little bit warmer, but uh, not that much warmer. There you go. Well, we're staying warm because I got a toasty fire above me, Ezzy, and you're staying warm because you're drinking fireballs. So as a result, that's our methodology of staying warm, and we stay warm because we got the uh, love and affection of all of you here in the chat when you join us each and every time we do these games. I'm hoping Frosty will have the uh, the sponsors uh, list up soon, Frosty. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but like I said, every time we do the Jets play, we have an Illegal Group post game show, and of course, every Saturday, is time for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. The big 15th anniversary show coming up next month. That's going to be a fun one. we got some special things planned for you. 15 years of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. There you go, show. Dave. Frosty's got the sponsors up. 17 years of IllegalCurve.com started 15. in... Oh, seven. Oh, no. oh, the website. The website. You're 2007. right. 17 years. That's right. Yeah. The, uh, we got we to gotta be one of the oldest websites uh, out there, Ezzy, but... We're Lovely. old, Dave. That's what happened. We got old. <laughs> it's true. Anyways, our thanks to our friends uh, and our sponsors, of course. Big thank you to all of them, uh, the sponsors of Legal Groove, who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the aforementioned website a possibility. They are Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park, use the code Illegal Curve to park for free, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and Farmery Beer, the, the home of the IC beer support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. All right, as it's been a great show. Thank you. Seven JP seven B. I agree with you. It has it's always been a great, a great show. show when Drew isn't here. It, well, when you and I have the conch as it's always, it's always a little fun. And it's going to be nice to, to find out how, you know, Drew's sound bath went. <laughs> yes. Um, if you I'm listen sure to the Saturday show, meditative. Yeah. I'm sure he was eating a hot dog during the whole thing. Uh, well, and mustard was going all over his his clothes, but uh, yeah, it was a good little show, and we're going to have a little bit of a break before Tuesday night when the Jets play the Isles. Yeah, so we thank you for joining us because win or lose, you know, the chat is what makes this show each and every time for us. As he and I, especially now that Ez has power over the chat, before he just got to admire it, now he gets to help bring usher in your comments, which he enjoys, of course, and we enjoy. 
being able to chat with you guys each and every, you folks, I should say, each and every time we go live here on the Leo Curve post-game show. Well, like I said, it's been a long Saturday, so we're going we're gonna to end this show, and we'll be back on Tuesday after that Jets game against the Islanders. I like what Frosty's got cooking here. Taco, chips, salsa, and wine. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I like the first three things. There is an illegal curve wine. We don't have any affiliation with it. It's a, it's a, I, someone once sent me a bottle. It's out of BC. I've got it in my, my wine cupboard, which is. How funny is all, it that there's an illegal curve wine? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a BC uh, um, winery that made it. I can't remember the name of it actually, who did it, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But I just thought it was funny that there's an illegal curve wine. But since I don't drink wine, especially, I uh, it's it's sitting in one of my cupboards. As I'm sure you'll go get to it eventually. This is a fireball household, Dave. It's not a wine household. Exactly. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not winos. But anywho, unless Stephen Wino is a guest on one of our shows, who he has been in the past. Anyways, we are ambling, and somehow we have kept this show going, even though we anticipated that we were going to be done. So, I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezra Ginsburg. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you subscribing. We appreciate you hitting that like button. We appreciate you leaving comments. And until Tuesday, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay warm, our friends, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday after the Jets and Islanders. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.